Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. One of the things, Caroline, that we do on Christmas Day involves a lot of food. And <laughs> while we, you know, you know, when you walk yeah. into Christmas lunch starving because mm. you've had a small breakfast because you, you know, you, you're trying to save yourself for lunch and. <laughs> If you um, if some of you have Christmas dinner as well because you visit two families, you know there's going to be a lot of food on the day. One of the things, Caroline, that comes with this is the good old food coma, that you, which mm-hmm. which I call the regret afterwards, <laughs> where you can barely keep your eyes open. Christmas yes, regret. Yes, yes. So, Caroline, your side segment today, you're going to tell us about the uh, the science of uh, the food coma. So, Caroline, over to you. Yes, food coma, and I have a few other things to talk about too that maybe you haven't thought about when you're um, having your Christmas meal. So let's get into it. Why do we feel sleepy after eating a Christmas lunch, especially when we're having a turkey? So <laughs> it's quite common so in the United States and other parts of the world, but in Australia we we do have a turkey lunch as well, especially our mum loves to make a traditional turkey lunch. Um, some people like to have other meats, you know, like. There's, there's a good old barbecue prawns and all the rest of it that we have, but a lot of us still go for the turkey. So one theory that often comes up in conversation is that we've heard, I think a lot of people have heard of the word tryptophan is, is found in turkey, but what's tryptophan? It's an amino acid found in, quite, in quite high quantities in turkey. Can and, I say, yeah. I feel very tired just when you mention tryptophan. Yes. <laughs> it makes me sleepy. So yes. yeah, I'll try and be awake by the end of this segment. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it can make you feel sleepy. The body doesn't make tryptophan itself. It's an amino acid. So it's amino acid that's found in the turkey. It doesn't isn't made by the body, and so we need to eat it in our food, and it's called an essential amino acid. And there are actually nine other amino acids that the body doesn't make that we need to take in in our food. Others you may have heard of, lysine, isoleucine, phenylalanine, and there's others, and they all have certain roles to play in the body. Another role of tryptophan is to be... um, a starter compound of a neurotransmitter. What is a neurotransmitter? It's a chemical messenger used by the nervous system. They're used to send messages between neurons, which are cells in the central nervous system in the brain, and between neurons and glands or muscles in the body. So it kind of is a messenger kind of molecule. Tryptophan can be used to make serotonin in the body. Mm-hmm. And serotonin is, um, it calms the body, it stabilizes mood, and it provides a feeling of well-being and happiness. And it can also help with sleep. <laughs> So that is knowing a great this, thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. so knowing this, it's easy to think that eating turkey is the sole reason for why we feel tired after eating a turkey meal. <laughs> <laughs> so the truth is that there are other amino acids eating, eaten with a meal that are also used to make serotonin in the body. 
So also eating a turkey meal doesn't raise the serotonin levels more than any other meal. So you could have another meal and it can also raise serotonin similar, similarly. Um, apparently, you can achieve the same feeling of sleepiness and boost of serotonin just by eating a meal made of purely of carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Say carbs. Like, yep, the carbs. Yes, the mm-hmm. carbs. So I think we've all felt that, like a big bowl yeah. of pasta or something mm, like pasta, that. Pasta, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Yep. Or say like even a bowl of mashed potatoes. Mm. Um, potatoes actually contain all the essential amino acids the body needs. And when you eat carbohydrates, they release insulin. And um, when consumed, it lowers the level of other amino acids in the bloodstream. So then tryptophan is able to get into the brain more easily and it produces lots of lovely serotonin. So the reason why we become tired after a turkey meal isn't just due to the tryptophan in the turkey, but to other foods and most likely the carbs accompanying the turkey. Uh-huh. Yes. So it's a combination. <laughs> That's right. It's a team effort. It's a team effort. Yeah. Also, <laughs> as a side note, it does take a lot of energy to to digest so much food because you oh tend to eat a lot <laughs> on yeah, Christmas yeah. Day. More than, yeah, more than you should, mm-hmm. yep. The body goes into a state called postprandial somnolescence. <laughs> somnolence, oh sorry. And the metabolic changes in the body after eating signals it to slow down and to prioritize digestion rather than other things that are going on in your body. So there uh-huh. you have the facts now. Yeah. It's not just eating a turkey full of tryptophan that can make you tired. Uh, I w- I've got to say this. If if I'm a company that's selling turkey, I would be advertising it as like the well-being food. You know, like totally. it's a total missed opportunity. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can you could slant yeah. it that way for sure. Yeah, turkey, the happy meat. <laughs> you know? Lots of tryptophan, <laughs> but also eat the carbs. So let's move on to another food that um, we eat at Christmas time and probably mostly, well, I'm not sure if we eat it much in the United States and other countries, but definitely here in Australia and New Zealand, um, pavlova. Yay. So, Yay. Um, that, now pav- we should say, and yes. in case there are any, anyone listening from New Zealand, uh, mm-hmm. we are very aware of the disputes mm-hmm. about yes. where the pavlova yeah, yes, originated yes, yes. from. It was Australia. No, no, no. no. Anyway, but, um, okay. Just, okay. just in case. Um, okay. So if anyone visits Australia or New Zealand, if, if you happen to not be from natively from one of those countries, we don't talk about. <laughs> The origins of, of, of pavlova, yes. because it can, it may, you know, it, it may, might, it may just spark a war between oh, our two that's countries. Right. Yeah, so we just yeah. both eat it quietly and happily make it quietly. Exactly. When you're in your own country, you say that you know Australia made the pavlova. If you're in New Zealand, you say New Zealand made the pavlova, and mm. we just keep it at that. That's that's the correct and polite right. way to do things. That's yeah. right. It, yeah. It's like with everything with sport. You know, New Zealand kick. You know, beat us in the rugby and. We be mm. we be the New Zealanders in cricket, so we just keep it as it is, okay? Just hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's yeah. happy that way. That's right. That's, right. Yeah. That's it. So, <laughs> so pavlova, <laughs> it's a dessert eaten here in Australia by many people at Christmas. So basically, it's like a big cake-sized meringue dessert mm. made of tons of sugar and cream <laughs> and egg whites and topped with fruit. Do you see how Lino and I spontaneously at the same time both went, mmm. It is so yummy. It is so yummy. It's not healthy, but it's delicious. (laughs) That doesn't matter on Christmas Day. It's irrelevant. So so one of the main ingredients is the egg whites, Mm -hmm. and the egg whites are whipped to create the fluffy white deliciousness 
And did you know that the egg whites increase in size by about eight to six times when they're whipped? Wow. So you whip them and you incorporate the air into the whip, mm. into the egg whites. Also, the proteins in the egg whites, they denature during the whipping process, which means that the proteins themselves, like they're usually in coil kind of shapes, mm. um, this means that the proteins unravel. Then some of the amino acids that are exposed, so the amino acids are little units that make up the proteins, um, they try to escape the water in the egg white while the air bubbles are created because they're hydrophobic, which means they do not like water. water. So what they do then is they link back together and they form kind of nets around bubbles and, to, and they hold the bubble shape and stop the bubbles from popping. Also, there are some unfolded proteins that will coat the air bubbles as well, making it more stable. Now, the other important ingredient in the meringue is the sugar. So sugar is added to the mix. And not only does it make it more yummy, but it also helps the proteins gather on the surface of the air bubbles, making it even more stable. So you've got to have the egg whites and the sugar. And you know how you know when the the meringue is ready. I don't know how many times you guys have made a meringue, but like you know how it kind of fluffs up and becomes a beautiful mm. thing and you test it and you kind of dip the the whisk in and you see if it forms peaks. The peaks, exactly. yeah, that's right. Yeah, the peaks. Yep. Yes, and then the that. other way is like you can tip the bowl over your head to see oh, yeah, if the bowl. Yeah. So yeah. it should yeah. stay nice and stiff. Yes, so, yes, yes. So that's basically why you get beautiful fluffy Ooh, peaks yeah. because the, oh. the proteins denature, the, the sugar comes in and it holds everything everything together and you can do the bowl test and then you can make your beautiful pavlova. Now, important thing to do is when you are making this pavlova, keep the yolks away from the mix because the yolks contain fats and they're actually attracted to the air bubbles as well. So they'll push the proteins out of the way. That's why you don't want to get egg whites in your white egg white mix because then you'll get right. flat Meringue. So keep the yolks out. That's right. No yolks. We're not yolking. They're not (laughs) yolks. All right. Merry Christmas. That that was a Christmas cracker joke. Come on. Very good. Anyone can use it. All right. (laughs) Let's move it on. Yolks on you. Sorry. Anyway. (laughs) I've got to get out of my system. I'm a dad. I have to do that. I can't can't just keep it. Even during the podcast. Yeah, I know. Kind of flicked all of them on us on Christmas. (laughs) You bet. You bet. All right. So what about the Hubble uh, pudding? Lindsay, you make us a delicious Christmas pudding every year and you make it from scratch and you have perfected it. Yes. Delicious. Mm -hmm. So one thing we don't do, have to say, is we never flambe it. We should flambe the pudding. That's true. Um, I want to do that. That's true. Yeah. Why don't we try it? Okay. Yeah. Because I don't want to set the house on fire, but all right. Oh, okay. Oh, you won't. But you set the challenge now, so I'm going to look into this. Let's do yeah. a flambe. Okay. So usually brandy is used to do this. Mm. So what causes the flambe part of the pudding? And why doesn't the pudding burn? So you think you light something on fire, it should burn. <laughs> well, basically, yeah. ethanol is in the brandy, and that's uh, the fuel ethanol. for the fire wow. Yes, when the pudding is lit. The ethanol molecule also contains oxygen, causing it to burn with a clear, hot, blue flame. And the brandy itself is over 50% water, and some of the heat from the fire is used to evaporate the water, which stops the pudding getting too hot and burning. So there you go. That's just a quick fact. Uh, You know why I don't 
full-on bayer. Now I realize, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so I use sherry as the alcohol. Uh, yes. But, um, so because it's gluten-free, so Isabel can, uh, can have it. Yes. So I will have to see if there's a brandy that could be classed oh, as gluten-free. Oh, we could try it with a sherry. I wonder if that would work. <laughs> it just makes a puddle instead. Yeah. It might need a very high concentration of alcohol. Yeah. Might puddle be pudding. Very yeah. strong yeah. Yeah, Look, Even if you d- mm. douse it in sherry, I don't think anyone's going to complain. What if you just spray ethanol on <laughs> it? No, that sounds disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it would taste that good. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> here's another few very quick facts for you. So, did you know that about 7,000 calories are consumed by each person on average on Christmas Day? That's oh, how I roll. What? Literally. Afterwards. <laughs> the recommended yeah. daily intake of calories for men is 2,500 and mm. for women, 2,000 calories. So just letting so, you know. So we don't, think, so we don't eat for three days afterwards. That's, that's right. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Okay. Well. Another fact, <laughs> if Santa was to eat a cookie at every house he visited on Christmas <laughs> oh. Eve in the United States... He would end up consuming about three billion calories. Whoa! Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's why he takes a year off after Christmas because he's got to because recover. he's got to digest and slim probably, down. Probably ends yes. up in ICU for a year and then that's does right. all over again. Say, oh <laughs> wow! Now I credit this last one to Frankie, my son. <laughs> why do peppermint candy canes make your mouth feel cold when you eat them? Ah, oh, go on. Because. Menthol is the essential oil used to flavor candy canes, the peppermint mm. flavor. And me- not methanol, menthol, sorry. Did I say, <laughs> what did I say? say? Men- methanol. <laughs> wow. Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> menthol in the candy canes is able to bind with the receptor protein TRPM8. The TRPM8 receptor is activated in your mouth when you've eaten the menthol. And this sends a signal to the brain that something cold has been eaten. And it's the same kind of reaction that would happen when you eat ice cream or drink some icy cold water. So you're tricking your mouth basically to make it think that you've eaten something cold because ah. the same receptor for cold is used to, uh, is triggered when you're eating some menthol in your peppermint wow. candy cane. Oh, there you go. There we go. There's some science food facts for thought for you for Christmas. Yeah. That's that's awesome, and uh, I'd like to uh, top this segment and your last uh, science segment for the year with a Christmas cracker joke, just to uh, if we must. Get, if well, I mean, <laughs> it's not really going to dazzle anyone, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> so, Caroline, actually, Lena, I'll do the Caroline's of the segment. So, Lena, you can you can help me out with this. Oh, Lena, knock knock. Who's there? Wayne. Wayne who? Wayne in a manger. You're welcome. Oh wow! Mm. Isn't oh, that wow. bad? Uh, you're. I like it, and I, I'll do like no, it. No, you don't have to like it. It's all right. I, no, no, no. It's Christmas. It's, I like it. I, I will. I will. I will. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. Yes, she is. Let Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com slash science. And find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com slash Oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Let Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. 
Join us next time for more scientific wonders. And thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest. Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season.